Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Hey, just before we get started, this is a conspiracy, paranormal, and true crime podcast. The nature of this podcast is gory, unsettling, and definitely vulgar. And we curse a lot. Like a lot, a lot. So be advised. So we're just two idiots with a mic. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. I do not have my mic at all close to my face, and she just <laughs> pressed record and jumped right into it. Actually it actually it looks like it sounds good. And I was just like totally caught off guard right there. <laughs> anyway, this is episode 92. 92. It might um, be a little different. It, yeah, guys. We're not really sure what's going on with this we, episode. We haven't figured it out yet. It, we haven't figured it out. It might be a little different. Um, We're going to figure it out halfway through the episode and we'll let you know but like don't be worried like don't be worried about it it's like it's not a bad thing it's not a big deal it's just we might have to separate the episode that's all it comes down to either way you're gonna get both of your cases today everybody just sit back take a chill pill chillax take a loomy gummy you'll hear about that later take a loomy gummy right now sorry they're great they're great i know it's not time for the ad but add (laughs) add loomy add right now love it love um it. guys also we just have we just got like a a shock shock right <laughs> cicadas. now um the cicadas are back they're back in east tennessee and we're done <laughs> we're moving we're moving where's a good place that has no bugs colorado they have, Do they no, have bugs. no bugs i'm pretty sure they have no bugs they have snakes though yeah, yeah. but like that's like if we're like adventurous we're not <laughs> we don't leave we're our, sitting in a house we literally don't leave the house ever <laughs> <laughs> we're not outdoorsy yeah it's fine it's so fine. we'll be fine we used to be really crazy go go getters Aaron actually asked me yesterday if I wanted to go on a hike and I shut him down no remember when we took Ollie on his first hike stop I'll cry stop we that have to go on another hike. literally just came up on my memories this morning okay fine we're going on a hike now and he was so little and it was a picture you know how like they put like a reel of like a video mm-hmm. like a montage yeah and like your photos and it was like the first picture was like Aaron holding Ollie and he was like oh, cupping really? him in his hands because he was so baby boy he was so little and he was so little he was, he was so sweet then we went and got that the best ice cream oh my ever. god milkshake is that place still open I have no idea. I have Do no we idea go? where we even went, dude. Right now? I, I would go right now. Because they had that one that had the cheesecake on top. <laughs> a literal giant piece of cheesecake. I would bite into In it. the middle of nowhere, In the guys. middle of nowhere. This, like, gourmet so. milkshake truck. We're I mean, like, fine, we'll go. <laughs> yeah, it was off of the exit where I get my hair done. <laughs> We're travel milkshake girls. We're, so. We'll tra- travel try goals. <laughs> we'll be there. 
Yeah, we'll be there. Oh, that hike was so fun. It oh was actually, God, was no, pain. it was miserable. It was just uphill. And it was because the boys were running. Me, you, and Ollie were both in the back like, fuck no. <laughs> and our excuse, we kept telling ourselves, we're like, if they ask why we're not up there, it's because we have the dog. Ollie's getting tired. We're like, Ollie's tired. Meanwhile, they're like, like, guys, they're like, girls, come on. We're like, Ollie needs a break. And me and Taylor bent over. We're like, <gasps> <laughs> Ollie's not okay. And they're Ollie's like, are you guys good. okay? No, because we forgot water too. Yeah. Poor uh, Ollie. Remember oh. we climbed up that giant rock? No, you climbed up the giant rock. I did. I climbed up the giant rock. Logan, barefoot in the woods, like a caveman. He's just my little my little outdoorsy man. He is. He really he is. is. It anyway. just blows my mind because I used to be extremely outdoorsy, president of the hiking club. Yeah, you are. Yeah. As you should be. As I should. Yes. But now, I'm just like, dude. Hiking just, is not for me. It's just... I love it. I really do enjoy it. Did you see what I do? It's just how sad is this? I saw on Facebook that a bear ripped open a tent in Gatlinburg and attacked a mom and a three-year-old girl in Gatlinburg this past weekend. What? Yeah. Like just unprovoked? Yeah. Food in the tent. I think something they said food. But like how sad is that? That's why I don't I don't camp. No, I don't don't camp. camp. No, I mean that is so terrible and like Gatlinburg. First off, we covered too much murder to be camping in a tent. Especially in the Appalachian, no. Appalachian, whatever With you guys say. freaking feral people, no shot. Yeah, no. Those woods or those mountains, mm, it's a no from me. It's a big no-go for the girls over here. Yeah, we're not about that life. If you enjoy it, just be safe. Take, yeah. Take what you need to protect yourself and be smart when you're out there. And the creepy account that we got about Gatlinburg, we will never no. be returning there, ever. We will never Actually, go. Taylor will probably drag Cabin me by my weekends, legs. Absolutely not. Taylor will actually probably be dragging me to that cabin. No, I will not. You know I don't mess you with dark You were so spirits. down to go when we read the story. I know because it just sounds... I just want to walk there. I just want to like see it. I do not want to feel it. I don't want to stay the night. I don't want to stay the night there. Am I okay? Oh my God. I had a glass of wine. Guys, we're doing the two recordings at once. We're just my birthday episode. So technically... It's still her birthday episode. It's still my birthday episode. Episodes, plural. <laughs> Episodes. Um, so this is 92. We just recorded 91. 92.1, Did we maybe. say 92 or 91 in the beginning? Oh, we said 92. I hope we did. I don't know. Oh, guys, sorry. But we do, I do have like, we, we just made a chicken casserole. Yeah, we did. We did. Out of nowhere. Me, you, and Logan were whipping it up in the kitchen. Oh my God. We, it took us By five that, minutes. I mean, Logan and Taylor were whipping it up and I was snacking. Yeah, we were eating. I was, I mean, I, and... I did my fair share. I smashed the crackers for the casserole you did smash the with crackers. my bare hands you i did. was like <laughs> i was the Karate feral chop. person in appalachian mountains i was like you guys need these crackers crushed i'll crush them like, you care if i do it with my hands i'm like no it's fine and i just smashed the just shit go out of ahead them. we're gonna put them in the 400 degree oven and anyways you might as well yeah yeah that was fun that was good we had a glass of wine and i mean i'm struggling yeah, <laughs> don't well, look at my glass of wine you should have you should have mixed it with something like these people on tiktok are doing have you seen these tiktoks no people like being like okay you put this like a coke into a red wine or you put like what? a sprite into a uh rosé no way and they're like it is a game changer really you just get like a high volume alcohol wine i'm just like really on a no soda kick right now oh my god but i'm i'm a coke girl right now out of nowhere i haven't drank coke in years i haven't had a soda in probably a good like month and a half i think yeah and you like a high c and a i am a high c blue powerade queen she is every time 
And Every honestly, time. like, I mean, there's probably more sugar in that shit than a soda. There probably is. But I drink like the zero sugar, like Coke Zeros. Yeah. Because I put so much lemon in it. It doesn't matter. You can't taste the no sugar. Yeah. I wish I could do like a Diet Coke or like a zero <sighs> or Sprite Zero. The, the people that are obsessed with Diet Cokes, I wish I could be you. I know, but there's no taste to it. It just tastes like aspartame to me. Yeah. Like a medicine. Yeah. It tastes like not good. But like, so does regular, like I you love a regular Look Coke. What? Look at me. You're like, I am looking at you, bitch. I'm staring at you. <laughs> I'm literally. <laughs> we're going to be Diet Coke girls. I don't think I can. No, we're going to be. I'll we're be gonna a Coke force Zero ourselves girl. to be Diet Coke hot girls. But if we do Coke Zero. No, Diet Coke girls. No, but. We I... have to be with the, with the mini bottles with the straw. It'll be cute. We'll be cute. You're right. We could do that. Okay. Diet well, Coke how about girls. you be the Diet Coke girl and I'll be the Coke Zero girl? No, Diet Coke girls. I don't like Diet. I don't Why? like aspartame. Well, me neither. I don't like Diet Coke at all, but we'll try it. I've tried Let's it. Let's just try it again. Okay, I'll try it again. I'll try it again with lime. With lime. With a lime? Yeah, I'll do it with lime. Okay. <laughs> we're acting like we're like about to take a shot of something. I'm like, I just can't stand the taste of aspartame. Like maybe like a Diet Coke vodka. Oh. Oh, God, no. Oh, maybe not. No. What, what's good with Diet Excuse Coke to him? Mix? Yeah, Logan just slamming around behind us. Yeah. And here comes the cicadas again. There's the cicadas. God, we can't catch a break. No, we can't. Does, does the universe even want us to record this? I episode? don't think they do. But guys, okay, what's your opinion? Let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. We won't remember this because this is going to come out in two weeks from now. So maybe just DM us and let us know. But are you a Coke Zero, a Coke Regular, or a Diet Coke bitch? And are you raw dogging it or are you having it with... I'm sorry. <laughs> Bitch, what? Are, are they raw dogging this Coke, Diet Coke, or Coke Zero, or are they having it with a lime, a, a, a lemon juice? I, I can't get over the fact that you've used the word raw dog to me like three times today <laughs> and not in the way that it, it's usually used. Yeah, we're just using it like casual. Okay, it's just not a casual term. <laughs> it's a casual term. Are you raw dogging your Cokes or not? Are we raw dogging our Cokes? You know, I always raw dog my Coke. I don't raw dog my Coke. You always put something in it. Well, I just don't always have like a fresh lime or a fresh lemon to cut up at my house to put in it. I'm not I either like have. You. I always I don't have get a fresh the... lemon or lime on hand. Well, or I have the juice. You're just the fruit and veggie queen, aren't you? I am. I'm because not. that's the only snacks I can keep in my home or my husband pounds all of them. He cr- crushes all of them. <laughs> he just crushes them. <laughs> They're like, what, are, what is the crush word, the term? <laughs> our favorite word it's our new favorite word and i don't know why it's our new favorite Crushed word but it. it just makes us laugh our asses off we love it they're they're probably thinking it's like an inside joke no it's not that deep <laughs> crushing it crushing it um, oh my god we should get an orange crush god oh my an orange fan wait are you an orange like an orange soda or a grape soda oh my god don't even ask me that again i'm an orange soda orange soda did you ever do like the orange soda floats the grape soda floats orange soda float orange soda floats so when i when i was growing up i grew up in cleveland tennessee everybody already knows that we're like we, we get it taylor everybody we, everybody no. knows that you grew up in cleveland this tennessee. bitch grew up in cleveland tennessee if nobody knew and she grew up in washington pennsylvania everybody knows <laughs> everybody in the world knows where we're from she grew up there i grew up there okay listen and there was this spot in Cleveland. All my OG Clevelanders know that this, it was called The Spot. It was this amazing little restaurant that was spot. in downtown. It was right beside my dad's office. So me and my mom used to go in the summers and visit my dad for lunch. And the owners of them were so kind and they passed away and then it got sold and then it closed because... Best it, orange floats. It just never was the same. They always had OG orange soda and OG grape soda. And 
I OG like like the old old types like oh. like the vintage ones before like not like the not like not the like Fanta, Fanta like the crush oh, okay like good shit and it was and all of their sodas came in the glass bottles okay. and it was like set up like this old-timey diner and there's pictures all over the wall of like Cleveland and the people that owned it and their family and it was so amazing they had the best burgers and fries and stuff and uh. and even if the food like wasn't 10 out of 10 like the vibe that you got and like the personal like local experience that you had there was 10 times what yeah it was we have a couple places like that at home yeah and they're just like not around they just they just we have one that's been like hardcore popping yeah and that's shorty's hot dogs shorty's hot dogs oh Okay, okay fine let's go shorties. they have their gravy fries oh my do we god do a food tour along with our creeps and crimes tour? literally you know what also we need to do is a this or that poll on our instagram soon. we do Women yeah okay so were you like a huggies kid were you a capri sun kid or were you a high juice box kid oh no but the the kool-aid squirters I don't think they're really cool. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm talking about? They were the like bottles, in the fake bottles. The waxy bottles. Yes. Kool-Aid jammers. Were they jammers? No. Jammers are like the Capri Sun vi- vibes. Yeah. Kool-Aid. But what was your flavor of Capri Sun? Mine was Pacific or Surfer Cooler. They don't make that one anymore. Um, It's now Pacific Cooler. It doesn't even taste the same. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I don't, yeah, mine was probably that too. I love the Kool-Aids. The Kool-Aids in the... I was also a lemonade girl. I loved yeah. everything lemonade. You know me. I I used to love lemonade. I like when lemonade had came out. I was obsessed. Yeah, I had to have a lemonade in hand all the time. I loved Huggies though. Yeah, I did too. And My now mom I would never buy them because I go crazy. Yeah. I'll go crazy. I would get the blue ones, and you know my li- you know my lips were just- your lips and your tongue stained. You know my lips were blue as shit. And then at the same time, I'd be at a party and I'd just be eating chocolate cake, and I'd just have chocolate cake all over me, all over you. And I'd be like swimming in a pool. I'd be like, Mom, I gotta go. Mom, watch my watch my two touch on the diving board. I think Mom, blue watch me do a flip underwater. Yeah. <laughs> Watch, watch how long I can hold my handset. And someone would have like one of them in the neighborhood kids. They'd bring out their boombox. Yep. Oh shit. What are we playing? Are we playing Pink Misunderstood? We got the Lizzie McGuire soundtrack on. What is it? Yeah. What are we putting on? Straight My dad grooving. would burn CDs from home. Happy summer, bitches. It's summer. Happy summer. Summer 2006. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, that um, shit was so hype. Good fucking times. Yeah. It's been 13 minutes. Wow. God, we're just flying through these intros. They're like, shut up and get to the cases. Okay, we will. But it's my birthday. It's her birthday. So, so shut up. It's our birthday still, okay? It's my birthday. I can do whatever I want. Okay, fine. If you want me to start it, then I'll start it. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get creepy. Microdosing has been at the forefront of a lot of wellness movements lately. It feels like every day another celebrity or influencer promotes this practice in their own ways. And our Patreoners, aka the OG Pick Me Call, (laughs) know that microdosing is something Taylor and I have practiced for years. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. 
Lately, we have been speaking much more about our mental health struggles, anxiety, depression, lack of motivation, and so much more. And you all know by now that I was diagnosed with ADHD at an extremely young age and have been taking medications ever since. One of my biggest struggles with my meds is that I feel extremely limited in my creativity when I'm on them. Last year, I took a full 365-day break and began microdosing as a way to keep me motivated while still being creative and getting my sleep schedule back on track. Microdosing is not a replacement for my medications. However, it did help me to create a healthier relationship with them. We have tried so many different types of CBD and THC microdosing methods. So when we were presented the opportunity to work with microdose gummies, we jumped at the chance. They taste and feel amazing, helping me to wind down, get good sleep, and keep up with Taylor's forever changing crazy ideas. <laughs> Why do you think we've had so many logos, right. guys? We absolutely 10 out of 10 recommend. 10 out of 10. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code CREEPSANDCRIMES to get free shipping and 30% off of your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's micro dose.com and use code creeps and crimes to get free shipping and 30% off your first order okay Morgan I'm really excited for what you have today yeah I am doing something a little different today something actually I always say this but I actually have never done something like this before so I'm also excited it's kind of like a two-in-one ordeal it's kind of hard to explain so I'm just gonna jump right into okay. it um, my story starts in a former coal mining village called Aberfan located in the Taft Valley of Wales Abervan originally consisted of just two cottages and an inn that was frequented by local farmers and bargemen until an English miner and engineer made his way through the village in 1869. By 1966, about a hundred years later, the population had grown to approximately 5,000 people, most of whom were employed in the coal industry. So in a hundred years, they got 5,000 people. So it's still a relatively small town. Yeah. Per Wikipedia, and please, God, do not hate me or come at me for the source, Gosh. but you guys, I know nothing about geology of whales or coal mining or anything of the sort, so, so for this sake, Wikipedia. bear with me. Um, anyway, it explains that for many years, millions of cubic meters of excavated mining debris were deposited on the side of Minid Mirth, which is directly above the village of Aberfan on the opposite side of the valley. So I'm going to try my best way to describe this. Um, <laughs> bear with me. These huge piles of loose rock and mining spoil is what it's called have been built up over a layer of this highly like porous sandstone okay. that contain numerous underground springs or aquifers. So they mm. had this huge mine okay. and this they're like debris what they weren't using. Mm -hmm. They were piling it up on something called tips. Okay. And they were piling it up on springs and aquifers. Oh. And several of these piles were directly on top of these freaking springs. No. Meaning this ground was not sturdy and at any second of any day was at risk for collapse. I mean, God, it's like living in Knoxville. <laughs> Literally. No, no joke. Local authorities began raising concerns in around 1963 about the spoil that was being tipped on the mountain, specifically because it was above the village primary school. Oh, no. These concerns were all ignored by the National Coal Board's area management. On October 20th, 1966, 10-year-old Errol Mai Jones woke up and came downstairs for breakfast, having something important to tell her mother. She said, Mommy, I'm not afraid to die. 
And her mom, thinking about just, you know, trying to get her daughter out the door to school, ready, fed, right. responds to Errol, like, baby, you're too young to be talking about dying. Right. Do you want a lollipop? Like, let's get your mind off things. <laughs> What's like, going let's, on? Let's calm down. Mm-hmm. And But Errol didn't want a lollipop. Her mind was elsewhere. She didn't sleep well that night. She had a very intense dream. She says, Mommy, let me tell you about my dream last night. And her mom's like, Darling, I've I've no time right now. Tell me again later. But Errol was adamant. And she says, No, Mommy, you must listen. I dreamt I went to school and there was no school there. Something black had come down all over it. What? But this wasn't alarming to her mom. And now I know that you might think it would be if your daughter came up to you. Mm-hmm. But the townspeople of Aberfan knew about the coal tips, and they often did worry about their safety. So for her mom, she just thought it was one of those things that, you know, maybe it just... Maybe like she overheard it. She overheard it and, was it like and it got thinking, in her head, yeah. and she was just dreaming and had a nightmare about it. Right. And it was just one of those things that was so common. The townspeople feared talk of the coal tip. It just provoked her dream. It was just a bad dream, and yeah. there was really nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, Her mom thought nothing more of her dream. Her 10-year-old daughter walked out of the door that day. She went off to school to Pant Glass Junior School, had a usual day, and returned home safe and sound back to her family. They ate dinner together, and Errol went to sleep. The next day is Friday, October 21st, 1966. It's 9 a.m. For weeks, it had been raining in Aberfan, and it was raining hard. Children had left their houses that Friday morning, waving goodbye to their mothers who never imagined the tragedy that would unfold just a few minutes later. The streets were filled with a dense, cold, gray fog. The children made their way through the streets into Pant Glass Junior School. While the weather was terrible, the children were still so excited. They had half a day of school before they were about to be released for their half-term holiday. Oh my God. When they arrived, they flooded into their classrooms and began their school day. Back on the top of the valley, there were seven tip spoils. Tips four, five, and seven had been sighted on streams or springs. During the first three weeks of October that year, there was 6.5 inches of rainfall, nearly half of which was in the third week. Oh, God. During the night of the 20 to 21st, nights of october the peak of tip seven subsided by nine to seven nine to ten feet and the rails which was transporting that spoil to the top of the tip had fell onto itself this movement was discovered that morning on october 21st at 7 30 a.m by a worker on the morning shift he reported the slip returned back up to the slip with the supervisor to show him where the tip was where it was decided that no further work would be done that day and a new tipping position would be, si- be decided the following week. Oh, God. At 9.15 a.m., a significant amount of water, saturated debris, broke away from tip 7 and flowed downhill at 11 to 21 miles per hour in waves of 20 to 30 feet high. Oh, my God. It's 9.20 a.m. Eight-year-old Jeff Edwards was over at the library books that were alongside the window seal at the back of his classroom. He picked up Herge's Adventures of Tintin and returned to his desk. His teacher, Mr. Davies, had just began a math lesson. Seconds later, he heard a thunderous noise that got louder and louder and closer and closer. And the next thing Jeff remembered was waking up, his right foot 
stuck in the radiator with water pouring out of it. His desk was pinned against his stomach, and a girl's head was on his left shoulder. She was dead. It was black, black all around him, with a shine of light about ten feet coming up from above him. He remembers seeing the particles of dust spinning where the light was shining through. He could hear screaming and crying, but as time went on, it just got quieter and quieter as each child ran out of air. Oh, my God. The spoil began to harden as time went on, like cement hardening. Jeff waited there. Eight-year-old Jeff waited there for 90 minutes, gasping for breath, death literally on his eight-year-old shoulder before being rescued. That morning, approximately 140,000 cubic yards of spoil slid 700 yards down the mountain, destroying two farm cottages and killing those occupants that resided inside. A consultant engineer stated that at the 9.15 a.m. wave, material was moving through so quickly that it was releasing an energy that was liquefying the rest of the saturated portion of the tip. And almost instantaneously, the nature of the saturated lower parts of tip number seven was changed from that of a solid to that of a heavy liquid with a density of approximately twice that of water. And this created this like dark glistening wave that several people saw burst from the bottom of the tip that came barreling down into the valley. Around five or sorry, 50,000 cubic yards traveled across the canal and railway embankment and into the village. The flow destroyed two water mains buried in the embankment and the additional water further saturated the spoil. The avalanche then struck Glass Junior School, demolishing and engulfing much of the structure and filling classrooms with thick mud, sludge, and rubble. It then hit the adjacent secondary school. The avalanche destroyed 18 more homes before it came to a halt and re-solidified. Taylor, here's a picture. Oh my god, dude. It looks like lava. Yeah, it looks like a volcano had erupted. It looks like tar. Yeah, just imagine a literal 20 to 30 foot waves of tar barreling down. Literally tar cement is coming towards you. After the landslide stopped, local residents rushed to the school and began digging through the rubble, moving material by hand or with garden tools. Calls were then made to local hospitals, the ambulance service, and the local civil defense corps. The first miners from the Abervan Colliery arrived within 20 minutes of the disaster, having been raised from the coal seams where they had been working. They directed the early digging, knowing the unplanned excavation could lead to collapse of the spoil and the remnants of the buildings. They worked in organized groups under the control of their pit managers. At that point, I'd look at the coal miners and I'd be like, I mean, honestly, their kids are there, though. No, your they're kids literally, are there. They're the ones that are, you know, in the school. Yeah. I mean, I mean they probably their rushed kids, down it's that. It's their neighbors. I mean, it's people that they know. I mean, how many people you said are in this? Like 5,000? Yeah. All these people know each other. They're the ones that habit or inhabit this town. I straight They're up would have been workers. like, I will pay you a million dollars. I, mean, I will and, sign over my inheritance like or my this was, I mean 20 years prior to this they're like you can't you got to stop putting this these spills right here yeah. these spoils like this could have been easily easily like, oh, we'll work on preventable it. and then the dude 730 this morning he's like hey this collapse and the supervisor's like we'll yeah, handle we'll, it next we'll week fix it next week really yeah no biggie like we'll get it you're next not worried week. about the millions of kids not yeah. millions but i mean basically it is like kids lives to me are like five human lives exactly me too 
Ugh. I know that sounds awful, but it is. In result, 144 people died. Oh, my God. Of the 144 people who died in the disaster, 116 were children, mostly between the ages of 7 and 10. Oh, my God. 109 of the children died inside Pant Glass Junior School. Five of the children who died were teachers, or sorry, five of the adults who died were teachers at the school. Oh, my God. An additional six adults and 29 children were injured. Oh, that's awful. Ten-year-old Errol Jones, who had that dream of the school just two nights before, was one of those victims. <sighs> Dr. John Barker, who was a consultant psychiatrist at the Shelton Hospital in Shrewsbury, had traveled to Abervan the day after the tragedy to offer help with the victims and their families, during which he discovered that many children and adults in the town of Abervan were having these strange dreams Almost like premonitions of this tragedy. What? Yeah. You're kidding me. And what many people didn't know was that Dr. Barker was fascinated with premonitions (gasps) and their connections to tragedy. How weird is it that he came in on this? And believed that people with psychic abilities could predict and foresee the future. Oh my God. So once he started hearing this talk, he approached a man named Peter Fairley, a science correspondent for the London Evening Standard, who immediately became an ally to Dr. Barker and to something that turned into a nationwide investigation. One week later, on October 26, 1966, Peter Fairley published an appeal in the newspaper requesting any person who had experienced a premonition or dreamed of tragedy before it occurred to get in touch. Okay. Over the next two months, the two men received letters from 76 people (gasps) claiming to have experienced dreams and premonitions of Aberfan before it occurred. 76. The coal avalanche. What? Because some were so vague, they were kind of just thrown out. Right. But 60 of the 74 correspondents were corroborated and backed 60. Around 36 reported of dreaming of the disaster in the weeks prior to the event with visions and other forewarnings, including intense feelings of anxiety right before it occurred that fateful morning, like literal anxiety and panic attacks during at 9.15 a.m. You're kidding me. On October 21st. Oh, my God. Yeah. Some cases were a bit more significant. For example, Mrs. Grace Eagleton. Mrs. Grace Eagleton says, quote, I have never been to Wales. Nor do I even possess a television set. One week before the disaster, I had a vivid, horrible dream of a terrible disaster in a coal mining village. It was a valley with a big building filled with young children. Mountains of coal and water were rushing down the valley, burying the building. The screams of the children were so vivid that I screamed myself. Everything all happened so quickly. Then it all went black. Mrs. Eagleton had shared with her shared her dream with her neighbor because this wasn't the first one of her premonitions that have come true. No. And her neighbor corroborated Mrs. Eagleton's Holy story. Holy shit. Like she didn't have a TV set, she didn't have anything. This is why she you keep dream journals, bitches. Yeah, heard. Heard. <sighs> 
Dr. Barker belonged to a generation of psychiatrists which were transforming Britain's mental hospitals. He was an only child. He studied at Cambridge University before getting his doctorate in 1948. The rational explanation for premonitions is that, you know, they're coincidences. But Dr. Barker knew that they were something more. After the months that followed the mining tragedy, Dr. Barker and Peter Fairley persuaded a man named Charles Wintour, who was the editor of the Evening Standard, to open something called the Premonitions Bureau. Oh. For a year, readers would be invited to send in the dreams and forebodings which would then be compared to actual events. <gasps> I chills. This experiment began on January 4th, 1967. They created an 11-point scoring system for the predictions. Five points for unusualness, five points for accuracy, and one point for timing. Okay. If the trial was a success, sorry, if the trial was a success, they planned to present the results to parliament and to the British Medical Research Council. In its first 48 hours, the Premonitions Bureau received more than 20 warnings. These were ranging from plane crashes, shipwrecks, tornadoes, hurricanes, train derails, and for the most part, they were accurate. You're kidding me. It was insane. Oh my God. Dr. Barker had two people who were his most active foreseers. And almost two years after Premonitions Bureau was launched, his reliable tellers began to see signs that Dr. Barker was about to die. No. It was around one in the morning when Dr. Barker's phone rang. It was a panicked sounding seer who told the doctor that he needed to check his gas supply. He told him he had been worried about him all day. And Dr. Barker left the phone on the line, you know, because it's literally a phone on the line. On the line. To come back to let him know that, you know, there is no gas in the car. Like, what's going on? It is me that you're seeing what's going on. And the seer asked him, do you have a dark car? And the doctor says, it's dark green. Yes. And the seer says, you need to be very careful. You need to look after yourself. And Dr. Barker is like, is my life in danger? And the seer says, yes. That next night, on August 18, 1968, Dr. John Barker suffered a brain hemorrhage at home. He was 44 years old. You're kidding me. Literally a premonition for his own death. Forehead chills. People say that he worked, his work killed him. I mean, yeah. Could you imagine if you're sitting here working with people that can see the fucking future? In his work, this Premonitions Bureau, that was accurate. Like, there's, like, articles on him, but it all got shut down, dude. All of it got shut down. He was literally the Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Yeah, and we still listen to his shit. Like, he was literally trying to find all... Like, he was pulling all of the Nostradamuses around the world together into one. Into one. And creating it and going to give it to Parliament. Going to give it to the British Parliament. Let me tell you something real fast. This is exactly why I never allow any medium psychic palm reader, anything that I ever see to tell me future events ever because I would go crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm going crazy listening to this. But Dr. Barker. So he had like two like main seers. Like they were his psychics. His Susan. Yes, they were Mm -hmm. his Susans. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. he always told them like, I want to know. You have to tell me. I. You have to tell me. The ones that you trust. I want to know. Mm-hmm. And he did. God. And he knew. 
and he knew but he they never jump. met in person that's the other thing damn they never met in person so he didn't know what color car he had you know what i mean yeah, like, they had was, no idea about these pieces of the, they didn't have facebook right it's not like you could go and do this shit right damn i mean yeah this is literally in the 60s wow across the probably different countries or something yeah literally who knows where they were from so wrapping up swinging back to Abervan, the aftermath um, legislation passed in 1969 they put in a very strict policy on the practice of tipping thank god snaps to you guys um this in turn left the legislation being amended and reviewed across the world um the majority of tips in south wales have since been removed the queen and the duke of edinburgh visited Abervan on october 29th to pay their respects there now lies a beautiful memorial that marks the graves of the children and adults that lost their lives. But the grass in the town of Abervan is now green as ever. But the area of the tips in the avalanche is a sickly yellow color like nature will not let the world forget what we did to it. I mean, and wow, the souls it took. And that is my segment today. That is the Abervan premonition. I wonder if it's haunted. It has For to be sure. haunted. And, you know, it was like, I think it was literally like the universe, like, this is not right. Like, you guys need to stop this. This is not supposed to happen. Like, this is not right. This is not supposed to happen. So they're throwing these dreams in yeah, everybody. Like, there's got to be things that are man-made. There's, yeah. you know, there there's like a path that we're all on. And then there's things that are man-made that just block the way. Every little thing was just mistake. Like, every little thing that was supposed to happen, they were, I mean, holy shit 74 people or 76 people had premonitions about it there was a worker that saw it caught it took it to the supervisor and then he supervisor said didn't do another about week. it the board the council's known about it for 20 years <sighs> you know what i mean i like, mean and it's, it's just like for me there's been there's been many times in my life that i've had premonitions right mm-hmm. or gut feelings or something's not right and my mom from when when I first my first one that like was serious and that I can really remember was I think I've even talked about it on here before we were at a red light and it turned green at an intersection it was after a basketball game I was asleep in the passenger seat and I had a dream that there were headlights coming at me and hit me and my mom had just pressed on the gas to make that turn and I jumped up and I screamed at the top of my lungs for her to stop she stops a drunk driver runs the red light crazy and we survived it's because we weren't supposed to die then it didn't hit us we were completely safe it didn't hit anybody we were not supposed to to die that was not in the plan right so these premonitions have to come to people when something is off in the universe right like that was not supposed to happen okay now let's make it a theory so what's it called in um loki are they the timekeepers the timekeepers the timekeepers and when that one path veers off in the wrong direction yeah off the main timeline then they're supposed to go and fix it yeah so are these the veers that are fixed so they send you a message. So like you think it shouldn't have happened or it should have happened. Like it, it wasn't supposed to happen. And so they and, were trying to send the message. And, and the they message, were trying the to send the, the warnings. And they were just sending messages over and over again. And, and it no just wasn't was happening. It. it wasn't working. Holy shit. And maybe the timekeepers are what he had to die because he was giving up the timekeepers. Just like how the and Loki... I mean, God, this is two episodes of us being like Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. But I mean, guys, think about that shit. Seriously. Yeah. 
Marvel's after something. Marvel's right. Marvel's right. Marvel's real. Marvel's real. It has to be. Because, I mean, literally, think about that. I mean, that little girl, though, that little girl, she literally said, I had a dream that literally what happened was happening. That's insanity. Insanity. And, you know, you can't even fault the the parents for or the people that had these for like doubting themselves it's something that they hear about all the time it's constantly on their mind right, like so they're thinking oh they just had a bad dream about something that we knew like we know about Knoxville it's got horrible fucking pollution mm-hmm. horrible fucking water yep. I like fall through at any time we literally live our to, dorm we live next to Oak Ridge National Laboratory we're literally Nukes. vulnerable at, at any second of any day any second and like we know that like it's in the back of our heads all the time we talk about it all the so time So we have a nightmare about it and I say something to my mom like my mom's still gonna send me to school exactly you know it's not gonna be like a premonition like to no. her like it's gonna be like oh baby go to school here's a lollipop mm-hmm. exactly like it's not and if I were to have a dream in April living at home about a tornado right well, yeah because I went through a giant tornado in my hometown so of course I'm gonna be on edge about a tornado right oh my god I just I can't I can't believe 76 people and I I, you know I wonder if a study like that were to come back out how many other disasters like that how many other people have premonitions that just don't think about it because they're not asked no dead ass do you know what I I mean mean, like Logan had a dream last night that aliens came down took him captive and that he made friends with his in enslavers and they were like gonna help him try to steal a ship to come back to earth like if we all kept a dream journal and we all recorded mm-hmm. that shit if we all i mean a lot of the times i don't remember my dreams no but i know they're they're meaningful i Dude, know they our mean- text message thought is a dream journal our yeah we do have a dream journal ourselves. <laughs> we straight up have a dream journal but like if we all kept a dream journal and we all like log them into mm-hmm. some sort of thing like i literally think we could prevent certain things oh but seriously. then that would be preventing death and i think that would make alter the our Everything. timeline literally and, i mean morgan morgan knows this and i'm not going to tell too much detail on it because it's still very close to my heart is that i had a dream in the middle of 2020 in 2020 i had a dream about two dates one that just recently passed and one that is to come and I was freaking out and I got the year wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we know I've had, I got the year wrong and I thought it was 2021. It was actually 2022 and I had a dream about it two years ago and I, I've told people about it for two She immediately years. woke up and wrote the dates down. I wrote the dates down and I talked to Morgan about this for two years. Everyone that's known me in my personal life knows these two dates and the first date that recently happened, the thing that I thought was going to happen, happened to me. Happened. It happened. Insane. And we still have one more to go. I'm not ready. <laughs> we are going to be hopefully in Mars by then. Yes. <laughs> because I can't. I can't. It's insane. I, I mean, just. Seriously. What an awful story. It's I a mean, terrible story. It's an awful story. story. It's an awful story. But like this dude had like so much research behind and then Mm -hmm. literally got killed by his own work. Like his premonitions came after him, which is why I'm like, is that the the timekeepers? Because you don't want to know that there's a such thing as a timekeeper. Right. Because think about like if you were to look. okay, so before I even watched Loki, me and Morgan had a lot of I think we even talked about on the podcast talks about fractals. Mm-hmm. This shape of trees. It's what our veins look like in our body and yeah. like all the systems in earth, like water, lakes, everything. Yep. It They spread out and they go on. 
cracks like that like that's what time branches was shown as in loki yeah that shit is so whack that shit is whack welcome back to 204 again for the second week we're on the couch that's just we have to start doing this we're glad to have y'all here um (laughs) hey listen though it's taylor's turn yeah but um write down your dreams write down your dreams um i know it looks like the episode's over because it's not it is but it's not um taylor's episodes right after this yes okay so you want to explain to them what's going on you explain okay your case you You got it so basically we're going to do a separate uh episode for my case it's still episode 92 um it's just gonna be like a point two and it's gonna be shown as a bonus um but the case that you're going to get from me is a case that we have been working with a family extremely close on and it is an current active case for a missing person and we decided that for share like to make it easily 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 thank you not sure where the b is i don't know where it came from either (laughs) easily shareable that's where the b came from shareable um we wanted to put it in its own segment so an extension of this is going to be posted by 8 a.m on the same day that you're listening to this so it's already out and it is missing andrea knabel so please head over and listen to this case trust me you're going to want to get involved in this one we have really been so connected with this family and you know I've taken on such a personal role in like my feelings on this case and um Andrea so please pop over listen to that it's not over yet we've still got cases for you we just wanted to make sure there wasn't a long intro and talking about premonitions and Loki exactly before Andrea's case yeah so head on over there and yep we'll get off of here Morgan our girl I loved your effing case today thank you I hated it it was so sad but I love the talk about premonitions I love the last two episodes we've done thanks thanks guys all right thanks for forcing us to be cool um welcome love you guys wait thanks head over (laughs) thanks love you you're welcome head over to um missing Andrea Knabel